Richard, it's been a while. How you doing, man? Doing well. It's I been. Our, I think our listeners are uh, ready for us to catch up. So. I think so. I was looking at our uh, our most recent uh, episode, and it was literally a month ago. Yeah, I think the first half of it sounded good, and the second half uh, descended into chaos. All right, I think I'm in a good spot, so we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, I was just catching up on the latest Matt Barnes, Kwame Brown news. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I went through uh, all of um, Stephen Jackson and uh, Matt Barnes's responses. Um, they were pretty entertaining. I let Hillary listen in on them. <laughs> Nothing like a good old NBA feud of retired players. It really was. I mean, she had no idea who any of these three players were, obviously, but I was trying to describe a little bit about them and, and the podcast that, uh, you know, Barnes Barnes does with Steven Jackson and trying to give her some background. She was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the average human being knows who any of these people are. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> so, and I didn't know that the average human beings were even talking about Kwame Brown anymore. <laughs> they weren't until the other day. Yeah. I want, so, to get uh, off this, I want to get off this topic real fast, but I did listen to the All the Smoke Gilbert Arenas uh, interview, and he did not say anything that should have inspired all this from Kwame Brown. Okay, yeah. See, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, and I was just wondering exactly what, what it could have been that just set off this <laughs> this powder keg. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable what's been said. Well, Agent, uh, just the Cliff Notes version, Agent Zero was talking about his Wizards teammates, and he uh, – he said when he got there, Kwame was the franchise, but he got paid more than Kwame did when he signed his contract. So he said he became the franchise. <laughs> he basically he was very complimentary. He talked about how he thought Jordan was why Kwame never developed, that he got beaten down psychologically before he was ready to be good. Mm-hmm. And he, he said he could have been – he thought he could have been Anthony Davis. He was that fast and that athletic, wow, which obviously that's... no one's ever looked at Kwame Brown and said he could be Anthony Davis. So. I no. thought he was being nice, but uh, uh, Captain Jack uh, inferred that Matt Barnes had said something bad about Kwame in the past, and uh, Matt Barnes never copped anything. He just sat there and said that he didn't have anything to say on that topic. And, uh, <laughs> and Jack started uh, – he basically said Kwame was terrible as a player. I mean, he didn't really say anything insulting about him, but they played together in Charlotte. Yeah. And he uh, – he he just he kept he kept smirking when Arenas was talking about how good Kwame could have been, but nobody said anything bad. <laughs> so I I take it that Matt Barnes may have at a previous time, and that may have been what the uh, stack was trying to uh, to draw him into a feud. But anyway, uh-huh. uh, well, good stuff. Well, to all our listeners out there, if you haven't heard this back and forth between Kwame, Matt Barnes, and <laughs> Stephen Jackson, you definitely got to check it the out. Only- the only podcast better than uh, Sugar from the Sky is all the smoke. It's fantastic. Absolutely. I, I told Hillary that I'm going to start drawing my inspiration from all the smoke. Have you listened to any of them yet? I still haven't, no. Oh, okay, you, you need to look. They're fantastic because Matt Barnes is so dang good at that. Yeah. But uh, but it, it, I want to tell you a quick Gilbert Arena story that was hilarious. He uh, he talked about They asked him how he, how he ended up getting on the court in Golden State when he was a second-round pick as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And apparently, now this is some. I had to do some fact checking after I heard this, and I think he embellished it a little bit, as you might imagine Gilbert Arenas would do. Of course, but but he said that uh, Mookie Blaylock used to come to practice late every single day on that twenty-one win Warriors team, <laughs> and apparently Dave Cowens was the coach back then. He he just kind of 
looked the other way because Mookie was the vet on the team and he was a horrible influence on all the younger players and everything, but as you can imagine. And uh, so apparently Mookie one day showed up in his golf shoes. Or he, apparently, <laughs> he apparently was late to practice because he was on the golf course. And uh, Dave Cowens finally said he's had enough. He told Mookie he was a terrible player and he just wasn't going to have this anymore. So I had to look up his stats. And sure enough, he was averaging three points a game that year. So he'd apparently totally packed it in. But Gilbert, Gilbert said they'd, they'd uh, practice and he'd show up late every single day. He said, finally, Cowens had had it. And, and Buki told Cowens, well, you're a terrible – this is this is the part without all the profanity and everything. He said, you're a terrible coach because you allowed me to do this the last year and a half. <laughs> so, apparently, Cowens kicked Buki out of practice. And Gilbert said – Gilbert apparently didn't know he's in jail. That was, that was the part. None of them seemed to know where Mookie was, but he said he's never seen Mookie since the day he got kicked out of practice. It's unbelievable. <laughs> they said they start Matt Barnes, or no, it was Jack. said, well, where do you think he is now? Just getting onto the back nine? <laughs> <laughs> he's probably still wandering a course as we speak. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. But that was a, a – it was a tr- – the the embellished part was apparently that that feud wasn't the last day they saw Mookie because Cowens got fired before they released Mookie. Okay. So uh, the 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 Warriors got that wasn't actually the very last day, but Gilbert Gilbert swore up and down he's never <laughs> seen Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> and so anyway, he got put in the lineup when Mookie got killed, got cut, and the rest was history. Oh God, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. So we'll we'll try to match the smoke guys with our we're, abilities. We're, here. we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to if we expect to uh you know make it big, which you know obviously is the goal here. Oh yeah, For sure. <laughs> we know a lot of people to have as guests. You know. I mean, exactly. We're we're just we're just trying to get them lined up right now. They're coming, people. We have to establish our credibility first, like those dudes did by playing the league for ten years. So. And you're like, well, you know, I'm, we're running out of time. You know, I'm 35, and you know, you're creeping closer to 40 every day. <laughs> uh, well, I'm still younger than Udonis Haslam, I think. <laughs> That's true. That's about did you see all that? I got. Did you see that Udonis's first game back? He got ejected like in the first couple minutes. Yeah, and, and he's going to be the perfect kind of guest for all the smoke in a couple of years. Like he has all kinds of stories. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh, he's seen it all. Absolutely. I can't. I'll listen to Udonis all day. Who was he? Who was he fighting with the other day? I forgot. I I don't even remember who it was to be honest. Um, I just saw that he finally came back for his first game, and then he didn't make it like more than three minutes. <laughs> was it Dwight Howard? Oh, you're right. I'm pretty – yeah, it was Dwight Howard. <laughs> Dwight Howard's another future potential all-the-smoke guest. It'll be fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, that was a fantastic story. Yeah. All right, well, let's start with golf because I want to I want to dive pretty deep into the NBA. So, let's get golf out of the way. Yeah, I agree. It's been a month. So, I mean, the last time we talked, obviously, uh, Hideki was uh, getting the green jacket from DJ. Um since then, we've had some pretty interesting developments. I'm, I'm sure you could agree. Um, obviously, we know that Jordan is back. Jordan was back pre-Masters, but um, like you mentioned to me before, he took five weeks off due to COVID, came back, and then shot 63 in his first round back. So Yeah, he didn't He didn't follow it up, but that's always going to be a hard one for him to win at home. So that's not really – the top ten is pretty solid. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, any doubters out there about Jordan – I think he's put all that to rest. I'm excited to see what he can do um, in his second major back um, away from Augusta. 
Um, so, I mean, I've been reading a lot about the PGA, obviously, and, you know, everyone's on the Jordan Spieth bandwagon. And he's not my pick this week, but I would, would be surprised if, you know, he wasn't, you know, finishing in the top five or top ten um, when Sunday comes around. Do you feel like there's a little less buzz for – I don't know if it's because it's in May, but do you feel like there's a little less energy for this PGA than there normally is? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's flying completely under the radar, in my opinion. I mean, I'm usually, you know, pumped about the PGA. I mean, generally, it's obviously it's the last major of the season, usually. Um, so it's just obviously I'm looking forward to getting back to a normal schedule and having these events when we're used to having them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is for I mean, this is going to be the longest major championship course in history. And I don't think a lot of people know that either. There's there's a lot of cool things that's going on. Um you know, not just in golf and this major, but um, with everything else. I mean, Rory's back, Jordan's back. I mean, we've got a whole bunch of big names that have already established themselves as winners this year and, and past years. And, you know, it's just – it seems like there should be more excitement around this this championship. I know I'm excited for it. See, I don't think Rory's back. I, I, I'm not going there like I did with Jordan Spieth. I think Rory's uh... – got his little bit of confidence back where he needs it but I don't think his game's back no no I I I mean I would agree with that 100 percent I mean he he was back for two rounds I mean he he finished Saturday and Sunday pretty strong I think everyone can agree to that but um I I mean except for that snap hook on 18 that almost cost him the golf tournament Uh, that's true that's very true and that would have been absolutely devastating (laughs) had he lost that um, but you know, just the fact that he got back on, you know, the winner on the uh, leaderboard in the number one position, I mean, he just, he's, he's been fighting a lot of demons, obviously the past couple of years and, um, you know, to get an event under his belt and to know that he can compete and win when he has, you know, maybe not his a plus stuff, but when he's striking the ball and he's striking it well, there's not many people that can keep up with Rory, um, <laughs> on a four day basis. I think you would agree with that. I do. I, I enjoy Rory probably even more now than I did when he was winning majors because he's shown how human he is. Mm-hmm. There are things in his life that affect his game and affect his psyche and affect everything. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to, to me, the uh, I, I know you, you would probably be the other way, and most people would say the most exciting golf they've ever seen was Tiger Woods. I would say the best golf I ever saw was Tiger Woods, but the most exciting was Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. And Roy McIlroy is more on the Greg Norman, Phil Mickelson uh, side of the ledger than he is Tiger Woods because you don't know what you're going to get from day to day. Yeah, and for sure. To me, that I makes mean... him way more entertaining because his <laughs> best golf is the best golf in the world. But his worst golf is, uh, you know, the 300th best golf in the world. So you just don't know. Yeah, it's true. And, I mean, we've we've been here the past couple of years to see it both ways and I, I hope this is the beginning of him riding the ship. And I mean, it's, we've seen what he can do when he's on. And I mean, he's still, he, I mean, he's been around forever. I mean, what is he? 33 now? Uh, 32. He just turned 32 last week. Uh, so, I mean, he's still got plenty of good years in front of him. I mean, I, I hope this is the beginning of him getting back on track. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does this week. Um, obviously I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners don't remember this, but um, it was him back in 2012 that absolutely dominated this course for four days. Yeah, he. My favorite shot from that tournament was the one he. You remember the one he got stuck up in the tree and mm-hmm. got embedded. 
they gave him some kind of drop for an embedded ball that just got like they couldn't pull the ball out of the tree. Yeah, I do remember that. I think it was on Saturday, maybe, but um, I don't really even remember any signature shot or anything because he dominated the golf tournament so much he didn't need one. Yeah, he really did. I mean, I think he shot 67-66 over the weekend, and I vaguely remember his second round being not that great. But, I mean, he absolutely just blitzed the golf course for the majority of four days. And, I mean, no one stood a chance. So it, it'll be interesting to see what he can do coming off a win, coming back to this course where, you know, no one could touch him for four days. So um, he's also not my pick to win. So we'll get into that later, I'm sure. <laughs> No, I would be shocked if he won, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think the game's there yet, but also I think it'll get there. I think in three or four months, he'll hopefully even before the British Open, he'll be frightening. But I don't think he's quite there. He needs some more tune-up with Pete Cowan on the full golf swing. He had a really hot putting week at Quail Hollow, but I don't know that that's going to carry over for him. It usually doesn't. No, I, I'd be surprised. I mean, the one thing that's obviously going to potentially keep him in contention is – you know, if that wind starts blowing and, you know, he's able to, you know, kill those drives down the center of the fairway like he's been known to do before. I mean, if he gets hot for four days, it can, you know, drive it right down the middle. I mean, his his iron game might be good enough to get him by if he's putting himself in the fairway for four days. But that's, obviously. That's true. He was hitting a cut at Quail Hollow, though. He wasn't playing that swooping draw. So I don't know how far he's hitting the ball. Yeah, I'm not sure either. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what his uh, his strategy is, you know, off the tee on, you know, a course that's just, you know, what is it, almost 7,900 yards or something? I mean, it's it's pretty insane. That's what I heard. Um, there's You can get in trouble if you're offline. I know that's why a lot of people weren't picking the Shambo when you, when you hear 8,000 yards. You know, you, mm-hmm. you start thinking he's your automatic pick, but a lot of mm-hmm. people weren't picking him because there's so much water. I yeah. would argue there was so much water at Bay Hill. He still won that golf tournament, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's kind of silly to dismiss him. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of places to get in trouble, but, I mean, his length alone, I mean, it's just automatically going <laughs> to – I feel like put him in the top 20 regardless. I mean, he can get out of trouble in so many different ways just based on how far he hits the ball in the air. And so – I think this is – I think it's a good setup for him. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I say that now. He might not make the cut, obviously. I mean, it's pretty unpredictable sometimes, as we all know. Um, but Bryson's not my pick either. <laughs> Bryson seems like if he can avoid the triples or quads or something crazy, he's going to contend every week. Yeah. But, it, but, but when you hit the ball with the dispersion rate that he does, 350 yards, you might have something – something might happen eventually yeah i mean it's just the law of averages i mean it's just a matter of how bad or (laughs) how bad the spot is that you put it in but i mean if he's putting it in the fairway consistently i mean he's gonna blow the field away in my opinion i I can't say that i've gotten to the point i like bryson dechambeau i don't know that i'm ever gonna get there i have more respect for him after he won the u.s open Mm -hmm. in the the manner that he did but he kind of terrifies me since he did that because I just didn't think that could happen at Wingfoot. So I almost feel like it could happen anywhere mm-hmm. at this point. But I, I, that was just shocking that he was able to dismantle Wingfoot without ever being in the fairway. Yeah, I mean, that's you just don't see that. And that's just a testament to what he can do, you know, even in, you know, not necessarily in the fairway. He can just muscle it out anywhere. He's just a monster. So, and, you know, if he 
if he can rely on that putter. I mean, the sky's the limit, obviously. We've seen what he can do off the tee. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be silly to discount him this week. I mean, I, I think there's a chance that he could be there on Sunday as well. We've had some fairly uh, uneventful winters in terms of names the last few weeks. What do you make of Sam Burns? Do you see him becoming a star? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little torn because I feel like when I was watching uh, uh, Will um, Zalatoris, I felt like I was watching a potential star in the making. Um, Sam Burns, I don't feel like I get the same feeling. I, I mean, I guess I'm more drawn to guys that hit their irons, you know, so purely and obviously yeah. i mean when you see Zalatoris strike a golf ball you immediately think that's a top 10 striker in the world i mean the way he hits his irons and i don't get the same feeling from sam burns but at the same time you can't argue with the results of his past two tournaments no i kind of think i'm kind of bullish on sam burns because the way he drives the ball mm-hmm. and he, he seems to be he seems to have a fairly complete rest of his game too. I mean, he's not. I haven't seen him get way off course in the two, you know, the last two tournaments. Obviously, he's playing great right now, but his uh, when he's off with his irons, he's off on the fat side of the green. He's not off short siding himself over and over again. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be a fairly sound putter. And I think he's getting more comfortable under pressure, although he didn't close too well at the Nelson the other day. Yeah, but. Uh, he could he could end up being pretty good. He's got the pedigree of being National Player of the Year in college and everything. Usually those guys go on to be pretty big-time pros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, it's just I, – I guess I'm just going on what I prefer to see, um, you know, in my elite uh, golfers coming up. But, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that – he's not bad at anything, like you said. I mean, he's he's good off the tee. There's, there's nothing that's really holding him back. Um, I'm not sure what it's going to be that's going to put him over the top, but I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to he's going to be around for quite some time. Um, whether he's winning majors or not, that's to be seen. Um, but I know he's kind of a sneaky, trendy pick this week too, the way he's been playing. Well, I never paid a whole lot of attention to him um, until he, you know, Riviera was kind of a mixed bag because he took a five shot lead going into the weekend, which is kind of crazy, mm-hmm. and then he. Uh, looked terrified on Saturday when he had the lead and kind of gave it all back. But he didn't look terrified the last two weeks to me. He looked ready to to become a big-time player. So he could yeah. be pretty exciting at 24. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I agree completely. Like, he definitely showed everyone that, you know, that's not going to be, you know, don't get used to that on Saturday and Sunday of him, you know, fading away or not standing up for the challenge. Um, I don't think he's scared anymore. Um, I think if he's in contention, I don't see any reason why he, you know, would, you know, slide off the leaderboard um, based on what I've seen. Well, who uh, who would you most like to see win if you could pick two or three golfers this week? Not who you're picking, but who who would you uh, – Who what's the best storyline to you? Well, you know, well, I, I'm not picking this player, but he does have a major championship under his belt. And – you're going to laugh, but I made this prediction almost 10 years ago, and I would love to see Webb Simpson, you know, compete at this historically long golf course the way he's been playing the past two years now. Um, Webb has been super solid. He's hasn't been, he hasn't done anything spectacular the past two years, but he's been solid, you know, week in and week out, and he's producing top 20 finishes, and 
you know, he's, he's found his swing again. I mean, we all forget, you know, that Webb was, you know, up and coming and, you know, he had the potential to be elite at one point. Um, he won that U S open and kind of tailed off and the past couple of years, he's kind of found his, you know, his motion, his rhythm again. And, you know, I would love to see him get back in it and potentially, you know, squeak one out this week. Um, I don't think he will just based on the length of the golf course, but the way he's striking the ball right now, um, he's been, he's been right up there with some of the best players in the world. Yeah. The, uh, the sugar from the sky listeners need to know that Michael Davis is not telling any lies here. He did pick Webb Simpson to win the 2012. (laughs) It's still my greatest claim to fame as far as uh, golf goes. Absolutely. I don't think I've gotten a single tournament right since then. (laughs) (laughs) You should have bet it all on Webb. I should have. Who knows where I'd be. Well, I would argue Webb never lost his golf swing. He lost his putter when they when they changed the anchor when they banned the anchor putting. Mm-hmm. And now Kuchar taught him to ride it up his arm like that, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, he's he's definitely an elite player now. So I I would love to I would like to see him uh, get his nose back in contention at a major. I mean, he's been kind of not knocking on the doors at a lot of majors, but, you know, he's put together a whole bunch of top 15, top 20 finishes. So it'd be nice to see someone that's as likable as Webb Simpson, um, you know, win another one. Well, I'll offend the uh, golf traditionalists and go ahead and say, I think Webb has two majors. He won the players. (laughs) That's true. And he didn't do it in like uh, a fluky fashion either. He completely blitzed the field at the players championship. Yeah, he he absolutely did. I remember. Um, besides that, I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of becoming, you know, something that gets said every single week, every single major that, you know, Rom is the best player without a major, and you know, obviously John Rom's been knocking on the door, you know, for many years, many majors now, and it's just a matter of time before he breaks through and you know gets that monkey off his back. And once he does, I mean, who knows what could happen? I mean, he can go on a string and you know, pull together two, three majors, who knows, but I would love to see him get off, uh, get the monkey off his back and get a major, Um, you know, and I I think this golf course is potentially set up for him too. Yeah, he might be my pick. I was going to hope you were going to talk me out of that. (laughs) Well, it's funny because he's not my pick, but he's my second pick. Okay. Um, I can't, I mean, Jordan to me would be the best storyline to complete the slam. Exactly. And that was my my next my next thing. Although I don't I don't think Jordan's going to do it. Um, I I mean I don't have any good reason why he's not going to do it. I mean if you can come back from a five week layoff and just play like you know nothing happened and um, there's no good reason why he can't do it. I mean we saw at Augusta that you know he's ready to compete in majors again. And you know if his putter catches fire, I mean his putter hasn't even it hasn't got to the point where it was before he, you know, lost everything. No, that's I mean, true. I mean, I think we can all agree that Jordan still puts the ball exceptionally well, but it's still not to the level where it was. Well, you know, I like, would, well last year it actually was because he would have been off the tour where he was hitting the ball last year if he didn't put had a spectacular putting season. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. But I think what I've seen this year, yeah. um, I don't think he, he's there yet as far as, you know, trusting his reads or, you know, I mean – I'm sure plenty of his reads are fine, burning edges. I mean, things happen. But if he has one of those weeks where, you know, he's not burning those edges and those balls are falling, I mean, there's no reason that he can't complete the slam this week. 
well, the way he the way he's striking the golf ball everywhere else, I should say. Well, our the one one of the only times I've ever picked a golf tournament right was when I picked him to win the the uh, Masters in fifteen. Mm-hmm. And I told I told you there was two things I still remember us talking about this. There were there were two reasons why I picked him. Uh, two weeks before, I think yeah, it was two weeks before the Masters. He was he was like four or five shots behind Jimmy Walker in San Antonio, mm-hmm. coming up the seventy first hole, and he had about a hundred yards with a sand wedge. And like I said, he was trailing. He was playing with Jimmy Walker in the back of the field, and they were he was trailing by three or four. And he told Michael Greller, I guess we're going to have to hold this. And, and I just said, like, people, unless you just have so much swag that you just can't, I mean, you can barely even fit your head on the golf course. You don't even think about that. Yeah, that's and absurd. He, and he almost hold it. He hit. He was one of those where, like, Phil making bones tend the flag and hitting it to five inches or whatever. He hit it to about a foot. Mm-hmm. And he tapped in for birdie and he finished second. The next week in Houston, the week before the Masters, he was he he had the fifty four hole lead and he dri- he kind of dropped back a little bit and he needed uh, that golf course was playing nasty that day I think J B Holmes had posted some crazy round and was in the clubhouse and he had to shoot like two under in the last four to get into the playoff and he birdied two of the holes and then got to eighteen and had to par that ridiculously hard eighteenth hole and mm-hmm. he dropped the twelve footer in to get into the playoff and I said he's ready. Because yeah. I'd said the year before that I didn't think he was ready. I think his golf swing was ready to win a major, even though he looked like he was going to a couple times. And I picked him. Well, the other day on Sunday in the pouring rain, he apparently told one of the – I think it was Trevor Immelman. He told one of the CBS people that he was very excited to be headed to Kiowa. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, if he's ready to go play majors, then he might he might be who I should pick. Yeah, hey, hey, you're right. We we both might be silly to pick anyone else, um, you know, knowing all that. So hey, I, I I hope he is. I, I hope he's there. I hope he completes the slam. I mean, it would be, you know, fantastic, you know, obviously not just for him, but, you know, for his family, for the golf world who watched him, you know, trail off for a couple of years. So hey, I don't see how you couldn't root for it. I mean, I, I hope it happens. Um, still not my pick, though. <laughs> Yeah, well, I you know I think I agree with you. The return of Rory would be a great, uh, great story too. Dustin winning at home in South Carolina. Yep. Um, I don't I don't know too many other great storylines other than just uh, any you know any random winner would be kind of cool for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'd be cool for golf, but I'd love to see one of the Georgia guys finally get a major. Chris Kirk or Kevin or Henley or English or Harmon, one of those guys. That would I be think pretty one, sweet. one of those players has one in them. I think so too. I, I mean, I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, I, I was I was excited when Harmon was in contention for two days at the Masters, but I, I knew it in, in my heart. I think everyone else knew it, you know, around Augusta that he wasn't going to be there come Sunday. Right. Um, it's it's got to be the right setup and everything for all of those guys. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think I, I think it could be Kirk. Obviously, I think it could be Henley. Um, Henley's just a birdie machine when he's on. I mean, you know him more than anyone. I don't think Chris hits it high enough. He's one I actually don't think would. I, I think he can win more PGA tournaments for sure, but I don't know that he has the ball flight. Yeah, you might be right on that. I I think uh, I think Russell probably is the most like he has the most. Well, Harris probably has the most game for a major. Mm-hmm. But Harris doesn't have the 
Well, he when he's confident, I guess he does. But over his course of his career, he hadn't had the consistency yet. Henley's the one that gets torrid. Yeah, he's probably the one that can shoot the lowest rounds consistently. But uh, I like Kevin's uh, mindset. He's, he, I just like, I mean, he's just tough and gritty. He likes playing those tough golf courses. I just don't know if he has enough game to win one. Mm-hmm. But I feel like one of those guys will. Brian's going. Brian's going to challenge for another one. He almost took down Kepka at Aaron Hills that time. Yeah, that's true. So I, I think he'll be there too. So I, I don't know if it'll be him. Um, I, I mean, if I had to bet money, I mean, I would probably say Henley, just because you know he can shoot a a 64 out of nowhere and just, you know, shock somebody and yeah. post a number. And you, I mean, you never know what happens, but. Um, I just it, mentioned that this week because all those guys have grown, Brendan Todd too, they've all grown up playing on Sea Island and Savannah mm-hmm. courses and all that. I mean, Kia was going to play a whole lot like, it's, just, it's like a mega version of Seaside or one of those St. Simons golf courses. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, one of those guys, I mean, Kevin's a South Carolina guy. One of those guys may show up this week. I just don't know which one. Yeah, I hope so. That would be a cool story. Um, so, I guess when it all comes down to it, are you, are you still picking Rom? Is that your horse you're riding this week? It, it, I'm kind of I'm kind of back and forth on that because, you know, I'm not a dad like you are, but I know Rom has a – month old child yeah i'm just wondering if his focus is uh you know is he going to be hyper focused because he's not at home or is he going to be looking at his phone all the time to see if his wife's trying to call him or yeah yeah i think think that situation is only his game yeah i'd probably pick rom i'm glad you said that because i was reading um i was on espn.com earlier and i was reading all the expert predictions and whatnot and i actually stopped hillary to read john rom's um i forget who picked rom to win but I, I read the paragraph uh, about why Rom was going to win. You know, went through you know the things we all know about Rom, and then it mentioned the fact that he had a one-year-old kid, and you know now he's ready to go. And I was thinking in the back of my in the back of my mind that if I had a one-year-old kid, I'm not ready to do anything except think about that that kid. <laughs> month old, you mean? Yeah, month old. Sorry, I misspoke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one, you're probably ready to go play golf. Yeah, I'm definitely ready to play golf at that point. But one month, not. I mean. My mind was on nothing else. My work suffered during that time. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was a funny thing, you know, reading that paragraph from whoever it was that picked him saying that, you know, he's had this kid for a month and, you know, now he's ready to go finally. I'm like, no, I don't think so. Not after not after one month. <laughs> so, no, I, I love the way he uh, I love the way he pounds the driver, especially the low ball flight. If it's windy, I think mm-hmm. it's. I'll almost give you two picks. I think if the wind blows, I'd pick Rom because of his ball striking. But my real pick is because I heard Spieth say the other day he couldn't wait to go play the PGA. And this is the <laughs> same guy who said a few years ago that he, you remember he didn't think he could win the PGA. Yeah. Which was the weirdest comment ever because he just won the Open Championship. <laughs> well, if he's ready to go play and he's telling CBS that in the pouring rain on a Sunday in Dallas when he probably didn't want to be on the course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take Jordan again, and I'm gonna probably be right this time. I, I think you might be right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with another obvious pick. Uh, you know, a huge betting favorite. Um, Rom is gonna be my second horse. I'm gonna go with JT uh, to take another PGA. That's what I figured you were gonna say because you hadn't yeah. mentioned him yet. Exactly. I mean, how many other people can I not mention? <laughs> well, J- JT uh, is an obvious pick every week, but I he putted horrible in Tampa. He he did. He did. 
So if he gets that out of his system, and and he just he's one of those that can just get torrid on the greens too. Yeah, and that's what I'm. In, I, I just have a feeling in the back of my mind. Um, I also had a feeling that DJ was going to repeat as Masters champion this year. So, uh, listeners, don't take my feelings uh, and, and put your money on them. <laughs> uh, I assume I should have looked at researched this before we got on here, but I assume Kia was still got those past Palom greens that are yeah flat as hell. Yeah, I think so. I was reading about him today. All right, well that better be the case if I'm picking Jordan because I'm I'm counting on that putter to come alive and him make everything. Yeah, and, and if he does, I mean, you're right. He might he might blow away the field like Rory did um, nine years ago or whatever it was. But um, I'm excited to see if he can find that magic with the putter again because if he's draining 30, 40 footers and. Um, I assume it's going to be full capacity. I mean, they're allowing fans everywhere now, right? Um, I don't know for sure. The, I remember in 12, they had to, you had to park like 50 miles from the golf course and get <laughs> shuttled out there. That's pretty crazy. Well, I don't, it probably wasn't 50 miles, probably no. like 20, but it was a long ride out to the course each day, which is one of those reasons why I didn't consider going over there because it's actually not that far for me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't. I don't know what the setup is. I, if it's not full, it's probably half, and that'll be a lot of people. Yeah, it will be. And you know, I think people like Jordan are ready to feed off of you know these crowds. And if Jordan starts putting in thirty, forty footers, you know, <laughs> on Saturday and starts creeping up the leaderboard, I mean, it, it's going to get nuts. And I think Jordan's going to love it and um, perform even better. Well, as far as I know, it's just going to be hot as heck. I don't know about wind or anything. Yeah, I haven't heard about the wind forecast either. So, I obviously that's going to have something to do with, um, you know, everyone's game plan off the tee and tee to green, really. So, it'll be interesting to see if it's howling twenty to thirty miles an hour. It'll be a it'll be a fight, obviously. Um, if it's calm, I, I mean, then you know, people like Rory and and DJ and Bryson, you know, they might have a great time of it. Right. Hey, can we uh, can we restart in just a second? I got to take a phone call. Yeah, no problem.